And hello everybody, the song that you're listening to is Spooky Couch by Albert Hammond Jr. This was played on the TV show that's on Netflix called Love Sick. Check it out, it's a pretty good series. Uh, this week we spoke about... We reviewed uh, Molly's Game and we went over our picks for the 2018 nominees for the Oscars. Yep. Hope you enjoy And hello, everybody, everybody, hello, and welcome to We Synced It. I Synced It. Yes, it is a weekly podcast that focuses in on all the movies, TV, and the entertainment in between. I am one of your hosts, Pat. And this is Kev. And how is everybody doing today? Uh, Oscar nominees are out. Yep, they are out and about. And um, I guess this year thing is uh, Oscar so right. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they they got everything right about this year because um, I haven't seen anybody really complaining about this year's Oscars. Even though off mic I was complaining about <laughs> the previous year's Oscars uh, nominees and uh, Meryl Streep, but that's mm-hmm. another time. <laughs> uh, before we get into that, uh, mm-hmm. Pat and I recently saw Molly's Game. Yeah. Um, this is a film that was written and directed by Aaron Sorkin, mm-hmm. starring Jessica Chastain. Uh, Kevin Costner and Michael Sarah. Pat, what'd you think of the film? Um, I thought it was a pretty good uh, movie. Uh, I'm not going to talk about the pacing because um, I really can't remember the pacing. <laughs> but uh, as for the dialogue, it was really fast paced, and that's pretty much the way that this guy likes to write his movies. All his movies are really fucking fast paced when it comes down to like dialogue wise. And it just seems like everybody is in sync with being uh, funny and being uh, witty and shit. And I just felt it makes you feel real small because, yeah, damn it. I, I don't I don't talk like that. <laughs> I don't, I'm not quick with the comebacks and stuff like that, you know. But um, the movie was really fun to watch. For some reason, I'm really enjoying the route that they're taking with um like these documentary or these true to life films like they're not being as serious as they were when you know when we were like teens and little kids and we had to watch movies about real life that were um you know either in school or just you know just watching something on television they're more uh, i guess is more humorous they're more entertaining cuz they i guess people are starting to realize that you know yeah, this is about real life and this is about like, you know, a real problem or a real situation, but we can also entertain. So we might as well just show some entertainment things, some entertainment things within this uh this documentary or this um uh, how would they call that? What would they call those kind of movies? I think uh like a biographical drama. Yeah, a biographical <clears throat> drama. Uh I, I do like the fact that they're adding either action to it or they add some type of comedy and stuff like that to it because you know it, it really gets you engaged and you really enjoy uh you you really enjoy what you're watching it's pretty funny uh it's a pretty good movie yeah i do agree with the dialogue this is like typical aaron sorkin um in 
when the social network came out uh he said in an interview that he likes to write his dialogue like if it was music like he likes to make it sound like a song Mm -hmm. so it's almost like a jazz band you know instruments playing together in sync you know everything's to a beat um the dialogue was was really fun um i i could see why it was nominated for best adapted screenplay i do have to critique though the cinematography kind of made the movie to me look like a lifetime movie lifetime channel movie um some of the a lot of the shots looked flat a lot of the lighting looked flat um and there's one scene that kind of just it felt like there was a rock in my shoe like it just felt so out of place and felt so weird and it kind of changed the pacing of the film which is like on the last 15 to 20 minutes of the movie when she goes ice skating mm-hmm. that that whole scene just threw me off and then she reunites with her father and it's like yeah that, this is, that scene really sa- the the the, the re- reunitement with her father <clears throat> saved that ice skating scene because i guess they were just trying to introduce what happened i can see how like if you can read like uh the book of molly's game or anything or you actually take uh take note from the actual you know um the person who lived the life who wrote the autobiography and you she said that oh yeah you know just to get my mind off of things you know i skate and she said okay well let's see how we can incorporate that into this movie and that's their way of doing it it's not the best way but it was a way of doing it <laughs> it was a way of doing it um Huh. Yeah. So what would you give this movie out of five stars? Out of five stars? I'm gonna give this movie I'm gonna give this movie a solid three. Yeah, it's a agree. Solid three. Yeah, I'm gonna give this movie a solid three. Uh, I just saw the tagline for this movie and it's the the tagline is deal with her. Which is a playoff of word because it's about cards. So it was like, deal with her. Got it. But she never played cards in this whole fucking movie. No, she didn't. She, I don't think she played a game. And I'm not sure. I never read the book or anything. But she never played, uh, what you call it? She never played card in this whole game, probably in the, in her whole life. Well, in the movie, she states that she didn't really know how poker was even played. Like, yeah. while the guys were playing, she was, like, Googling, Googling the, all the terms that they used and things like that. Yeah. Uh, but I think, to me, like, it, that wasn't the, like... I think she didn't really care about the game itself. She just cared that these guys came back to spend millions of dollars wherever she was because that's how she got paid. Yeah. I think that's the only thing she really focused on. Uh, What you call (laughs) it? uh, When we went to go see this movie, Kevin uh, suggested it, and I didn't know what the fuck the movie was about. Because just looking at the poster, uh, I thought this movie was going to be like one of those like um, Fifty Fifty Shades or what's that the girlfriend experiment or some experience i thought it was gonna be one of those because if you look at this poster and you look at the girlfriend experience with uh sasha gray that movie they look the poster look exactly identical it's a white girl with uh big ass glasses and that's exactly what i thought it was but then uh kevin told me he said oh w- watch this movie say yo this movie's about uh a girl who 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 what you call it she rigs a poker game or no that's not rig it no, no, she didn't rig the poker game. Nah, she just uh, yeah, she she throws a poker game yeah. and then she made millions and then she loses, she loses everything, uh, to the FBI. And I'm like, oh shit, 
I'm like, oh, damn, this is nothing like I expected. <laughs> Which this fucking poster doesn't explain any of that. If you look at the poster to this movie, you're basically just seeing a girl. It doesn't make it doesn't have anything to do with poker. This I don't see a, a, a table. I don't see cards. I don't see anything. Not saying that posters usually have to do with something about the movie, but it just shows Molly's game. And I don't even know why the, the lettering is pink. I don't know. It's just me. <laughs> it's just me. So what what's next? All right. So a solid three out of five for Molly's game. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get into the list of 2018 uh, Oscar nominations. Uh, this was recently announced. Um, like Pat said, there's like a good variety of good movies mm-hmm. on the on this list, uh, which is actually kind of surprising. Yeah, I mean, it's to the point that it seems like um, they're they're actually saying, okay, what kind of movie are you making? What kind of substance are you bringing to this movie? What kind of what is this movie supposed to bring? What is it going to bring to the world? And then when they finally see the movie or they read the snaps, they're like, oh. This might be good. I still don't agree with that that uh that movie about um <laughs> what's that uh call me Diane or something what's the name? Call of that me movie? by your name? Call me by your name. <laughs> I don't know. Call me Diane. <laughs> just just as I said before. Just guys with shorts. <laughs> just white guys with shorts. <laughs> that's that's uh that's the word on the street. From uh, what you call? I forgot what the comedian name so, is, but he said that the he said the the movie was just like. Uh, so should we just refer to that movie as <laughs> White Guys with Shorts? White Guys with I'm Shorts. Down. I'm do down. I'm down for, for the rest of the episode. Mm. <laughs> All right. Um, this I guess we can say that this list isn't our official list because there's still movies on here that we haven't seen. Uh, so this is kind of like a temporary. Um, until we finish seeing uh, the rest of the films. Mm-hmm. So this is just like a version one. Uh, because like d- The Darkest Hour, for example, is being nominated for Best Actor. That's one movie that I'm surprised I haven't seen because I really like Gary Ullman. So we'll just go according to what we've seen so far. All right, let's start off with Best Picture. Best Picture, uh, the nominations are uh, White Guys in Shorts, mm-hmm. Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out. Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, for my pick, we'll do a best pick, and then we'll do uh, like an honorable mention. Uh, the movie that I strongly, strongly believe should win uh, best picture is Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. <clears throat> my not, uh, honorable mention would have to be... I would say Phantom Thread. Originally, my uh, honorable mention was Lady Bird until I saw Phantom Thread a couple <laughs> days ago. And Phantom Thread is highly entertaining. It's about like the most toxic <laughs> relationship between these two people of fashion, though, like a world famous fashion designer. That's what Phantom Thread is about? Yeah. And this girl that kind of falls in love with He's him. He's supposed to be a fashion designer? Yeah. He's supposed to be like a world class, like he he makes dresses for like celebrities. And what like, year is this supposed to be based off of? Like the nineteen fifties. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, but it's crazy because like there's a scene in the movie, um, like you see how messed up their relationship is. Like mm-hmm. just to get his attention, uh, she like poisons him, and 
nearly kills him and makes him really sick just so that she can take care of him and he could be vulnerable to her. Yeah, that's sweet. And then in the movie, he finds out that she's doing that and he accepts it. Yeah, that's sweet. <laughs> uh, but that was my honorable mention. Uh, three billboards definitely, I think, is the best picture. This movie had a little bit of everything. It wasn't one specific genre. It had comedy. It had grief. A lot of sad moments. A lot of dramatic moments. Some suspenseful moments. And it was all rolled up into one amazing performance uh, by Frances McDormand. Um, definitely, I think that's this is the performance of her career. Mm-hmm. What about you, Pat? Um, well, going down this list, I haven't seen uh, Two White Guys in Shorts. Um Darkest Hour, I haven't seen that. Dunkirk saw that. Get Out saw that. Lady Bird didn't see that. Phantom Thread didn't see that. The Post, no. Shape of Water, no. Three Billboards, yes. Three Billboards, yeah. I could see that winning an Oscar. Yeah, I could see that winning an Oscar. And I'm going to go with, ooh, as my honorable pick, I'm going to go with Get Out. Yeah, I'm going to go with Get Out. Three billboards and get out. Why get out as your honorable mention? Uh, because I really enjoyed that movie. And I saw that movie three times. And it was just as good. And then I saw the alternative ending, the ending that it was supposed to be, but it didn't do well in uh in uh which the screenings and that ending was terrifying. Well all Does these, he die in the in the No, he doesn't die, but you remember there was that scene when he was choking the girl? Yeah. Those are actual cops that came, and then he goes to jail, and then you see his buddy, the TSA agent, what you call it, he goes to the jail, and they're talking through the glass, and he's saying, uh, his buddy is saying stuff like, uh, you know, he's trying to talk to him, and shit, and he says, yo, I stopped him, like, I stopped him. He says, yo, but we can fight this, man, if you do, if you just tell us what happened, and you tell us everything that, that went down, we can stop this. We can uh, we can get you out. He says no. I stopped them. We don't got to worry about it anymore because I stopped them from doing whatever they were do- whatever they were doing. So that's how the movie ends. And I was like, shit. Damn. Yeah, it's a pretty fucking sad ending. It was a pretty fucking sad ending, especially since it's like you know that he doesn't have any. There's really no alibi of to of his claims because his cell phone wasn't working. Uh, the cop tried to get his. Uh, information before uh, it's the shit. There was nothing that he can do. It was like, yeah, you kill all these people, and it was shit. <laughs> yeah, so that was uh that was the ending. It was like one of those. Uh, it would have been a real somber movie. All right, next up we got the lead actor uh, nominations. First up, Timothy Chalamet from Two Guys in Shorts, Two White Guys in Shorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis and Phantom Thread, Daniel Kaluuya uh, from Get Out, Gary Oldman from Darkest Hour, Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel Esquire. I didn't know he got nominated for that movie. Didn't see that. One or two, but I didn't see it. Huh. Okay. Well, so which one are you going for? Um, I know everyone's talking about Gary Oldman's performance in Darkest Hour. Unfortunately, I haven't seen it yet. According to what I saw, um, I definitely have to go for Daniel Day-Lewis and Phantom Thread. Is Daniel Day-Lewis American? He's British. <laughs> and he was knighted. He's Sir Daniel Day-Lewis. Really? Uh, what do you got to do to get knighted? You got to be British, huh? You got to be of British descent? I think so, yeah. Mm. Oh, well. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis 
And, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, my honorable mention. I'll go with Daniel Kaluuya and Get Out. Because I think... Um, He's also British. Daniel Day-Lewis for Phantom Thread. I, I, that has, so you going for two British people? Daniel Kaluuya's British? Yeah. Oh, he, oh, he is. Yes. Yeah. yeah I did. And, I did. Uh, I saw an interview with that. Yeah. He was on. Uh, first time I saw him, he was on uh, Black Mirror, and so and then now I see him over here talking fucking full blown American English. <laughs> uh, Daniel Day Lewis. I think if this really is going to be his last performance before he retires, I think he ended it with a bang. Uh, he really was believable in this character of a, you know, very pretentious you know, fashion uh, designer. Um, Daniel Kaluuya, though, his performance was interesting because it's something that people, especially people who are minorities, experience if they ever date someone who's who's Caucasian. Um, And I think it hasn't been portrayed well on the silver screen until Mm -hmm. now. I dated someone who was Caucasian and... My experience wasn't exactly like his, but it was very similar. Where you it was like, enough. you look at <laughs> were like that. Not well, not yet. <laughs> not with the whole brain swap and all that shit. But like, mm-hmm. it was to a point where it was like, I, I felt like I was a teacher teaching a class about. Oh, so what do they, what do they eat in South America? And I'm like, I'm not ethnics. Yeah, and I'm just like, <laughs> I wasn't born there. I was born here. Oh, like yeah. I'm American. Like, oh, but what about, and, and like, they would ask me all these questions about South America. And I'm like, I don't know, because I'm just I'm, as clueless, clueless yeah. as you are. I'm just as America and apple pie as you guys. I'm just a little bit more seasoned. <laughs> Got a little bit more uh, Goya. <laughs> That's all it is to me. <laughs> what about you, Pat? Um, oh, boy. You know what? I'm going to go with uh, two two white guys wearing shorts. Timothy Camelot, Chalamet. How you fucking pronounce that? Chalamet. Chalamet. Okay, I'm gonna go with him. Uh, never seen the movie. And then I'm gonna go with uh, uh, Daniel Kalu Kaluuya, just because uh, I really like that movie. Get out. Phantom Thread. I haven't seen. Uh, you know what? Nah. Get the two guys with the white shorts out of here. I'm going to go with Gary Oldman because I've seen his work, and he's due for one because I don't think he's ever won an Oscar. Did he no. win one for? He's ever won. Yeah, he's due. He's ever won. Yeah, he's due. So I'm going to go with uh, Darkest Hour and Get Out. Those are my two. All right. Uh, next up, we have lead actress. We have Sally Hawkins from The Shape of Water. <laughs> Look who's on the fucking list. Meryl Streep. <laughs> we have Frances McDormand for the three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. We have Margot Robbie for I, Tanya, Saoirse Ronan uh, for Lady Bird, and Meryl Streep for The Post. Saoirse Ronan, she was the one who was in, uh, um, what's the name of that movie? Oh, man, it was directed by Wes Anderson. Right? Saoirse Ronan. She was in a Wes Anderson movie. I believe she was, yes. I forgot the name of that movie. It was about the hotel. Hotel Hotel Rwanda. No. <laughs> definitely not. The Great Budapest. The Great Budapest Hotel. Uh, was she? I think so. She was either that or the the 
Damn, what movie were you in, girl? Tell yeah, me. Yeah, she was in the Grand Budapest. Oh, she was? Okay. Yeah, she was. Yeah. I think that's the only movie that I've ever seen her in. Oh, no, she was in Hannah, too. You never saw Brooklyn? Yeah, I look like a guy who's going to watch that movie, Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to watch that movie. I saw it. You saw it? Yeah. Was it good? Yeah, it was pretty good. What was it about? What it was it about? Uh, it's a girl from Ireland. Uh, <laughs> she's an Irish immigrant uh, that moves to New York. Um, she like hated her life in Ireland. She moves to New York, falls in love with a Brooklyn guy, and then um, has to go back to Ireland because someone in her family passes away. And when she goes back to Ireland, she kind of like falls in love with an Irish guy there and wants oh, her wow. to stay. And she's kind of like split between should she stay home in Ireland or come back to New York. So what does she do? At the end, she comes back to New York. She she doesn't go with the Irish guy? No. And the Irish guy is um, the actor who played uh, General Hux in Star Wars. The new Star Wars. Oh, the the skinny dude. The redhead, yeah. This. He's also in this uh, that National Lampoon movie that I was telling you about. I think that everybody should uh, take a look at, take a gander at. Uh, I forgot the name of the movie. I forgot. I'll find the name of the movie. We can just go on. Wait. So, who was your lead actress pick? Oh, my lead actress pick. Uh, oh, wait. You didn't say who your second. You already said your second. I haven't said anything. Oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna go. My lead actress pick is going to be. Uh, I'm gonna play the odds. So I'm gonna say Meryl Streep. Because uh, hey, apparently she wins shit. You know what I mean? She gets she gets stuff done. She goes she goes hard in the paint and she gets those points. She gets a two two those two points. I'm gonna go with Meryl Streep and um, I want to say Margot Robbie, but I don't think she's due yet. Uh, I gotta look at her. Nah, Sally Hawkins is not winning anything for that movie. Yeah, you know what? Uh. French uh Francis McDormand. I think she's gonna she's gonna be my second. My second uh overall. Okay. Both of those women. I'm going for uh seasoned. Meryl Streep, I don't definitely I saw the post. You saw she's it. not gonna win. <laughs> you don't think she's gonna win it? She's gonna win. She's not. It's I think that was actually one of her bland performances. She has a she has a lot of them, if you ask me. But I mean I'm I'm not uh I don't think that was her strongest. But I think she has more unstrong performances than she has strong performances, personally. That's what I think. And shots have been fired. I don't want to. Uh, I also <laughs> forgot. I was going to say instead of lead actress, this is the um, uh, time's up category. Oh, that's what <laughs> all of. Wait, really? The lead actress? Because it's actresses. Time's oh, up. Well, the, you can the whole say hashtag it. time's up. Are they going to be wearing black this uh, Oscar, too? I wouldn't be surprised. Like the Golden Globes? That's what's up. Wear that black girl. <laughs> Can you not ask them what they wearing anymore? You can't ask them? I don't know. I'll ask them. Why not? I, I ask care. everybody. Who- I've never cared. that the whole. Some people love watching that red carpet stuff an hour For- before it starts. That's the one thing I don't watch. Oh, I don't watch it either. I don't give a shit about what they're wearing <laughs> or about their that, aspirations. To be like, honest, I never knew that they never asked dudes that question. I thought I thought they asked everybody that question. But they I asked uh, everyone. But when they said that uh 
oh, you see that they only ask women that question. I'm like, oh, okay. But then somebody had that rebuttal saying, like, well, the women are wearing, like, uh, you know, they, they get these clothes donated to them by these fashion uh, these fashion icons or something. So they're wearing, like, free clothes. And the guys just go to, like, a rental tux place and just get clothes. So me being the person that I am, I would think that, oh, this person just lent me this outfit. You better ask me how much this fucking outfit is and where it's at just so I could be like, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm wearing a Dose de Leche or whatever, and I'm over here wearing this shit out. I hope everybody loves it because this motherfucker just gave me the suit, wore that shit, and I'll be like, yeah, that's what's up, man. That's what I'm thinking, I just don't care. I think... The the Oscars are already as pretentious. Like when they go up and accept their awards, like it's like, oh gosh, shut the fuck up, just get, get the award and walk away, please. So to hear more of that before the award ceremony has even started, and they're already being pretentious, I'm like, no, I'm good, I'm good. I just want to see who's gonna win and then change the channel. I don't yeah. Know. Um, my lead actress, like I said before, Frances McDormand. I think this is her her best performance so far in her career. Um. She's hilarious in the movie. She's strong. There's moments where she's weak. And I think her performance was like, it was so strong that I felt what she felt. There's a scene in the movie where she kind of breaks down at, like n- towards the end and starts mm-hmm. crying. And like, I felt it. I was like, I felt that defeat that she felt. Um, that's definitely my, my pick for best uh, lead actress. For support, I mean, uh, my uh, honorable mention at first, I was going to say Saoirse Ronan for Lady Bird because I thought she was really funny in that in that role. But after seeing Margot Robbie, I think I'm going to go with Margot Robbie because she was she played that like angry, like I don't give a fuck uh, role really well. But she was funny at the same time. Like, But look who she's going against right now. Margot Robbie in this situation reminds me of what Jennifer Lawrence was when she was playing in that uh that movie that caused her to win an Oscar. What movie? Um, Jennifer Law. I think it was. Um, what's, the name? what's the name of that movie? American Hustle? Nah, was it? She Silver Lining Playbook. That's what she, she won an Oscar for. Now, like, in this, in this uh, lane that she's in right now, like, she's going against, like, these season vets I don't think she has a shot I don't think Margot Robbie has a shot just to say just, just to say the least because going off of uh, Jennifer Lawrence's uh, performance in Silver Lining Playbook different. It's so, her performance is different than, than uh... okay I'm just saying that I saw Silver Lining Playbook and uh yeah. <laughs> I didn't think her performance deserved like maybe a nod. I, I, but I not... agree. Her performance, I, I still don't think she's an Oscar caliber actress. I don't see what everyone sees. But, but Margot Robbie, she's, she's one of the people though. That's the thing. Margot like, Robbie was strong, but she was hilarious at the same time, and I, that's two points. Well, she's Australian. Okay. <laughs> so is Nicole Kidman. That means nothing. That's all I got. Let me see. Oh man, you know. Let's give a shout out to Google for making things so fucking easy. I just realized on the right hand side, you can just go throughout the years and they'll show you who was nominated and who actually won within that year. 
Shout out, and guess what? They don't go to fucking 2013 where Jennifer Lawrence was. They don't do that. They stop right so there. Is that a plus? That is a negative. <laughs> that is a fucking negative. They stop at 2014. I can tell you who who was who won 2014. Kate Blanchett. She won. Uh, and guess who? Guess who was nominated? Meryl Streep. Let's see how many nominations she's won in the fast, past five years. She was nominated 2014. Let me see. If Meryl Streep was. She was not nominated in 2015. Uh, she wasn't nominated in 2016. She was nominated in 2017 and this year. What's going on? She basically plays odds, man. She 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 does like one stellar performance. You could say every year. 356 nominations. 176 wins. Meryl Streep. Hey, I said it before, man. She's overrated, bro. Okay. <laughs> I just think it's too much, man. Too much of her. I know I'm in I'm in bad company as you said that uh Donald Trump has also said that. So <laughs> uh next up we have best supporting actor. The nominees are uh, Willem Dafoe for The Florida Project, Woody Harrelson for Three Billboards, Richard Jenkins for The Shape of Water, Christopher Plummer, All the Money in the World, Sam Rockwell, Three Billboards. Uh, my pick is definitely uh, Sam, uh, Sam Rockwell uh, for the role in Three Billboards. My honorable mention is Willem Dafoe in The Florida Project. Willem Dafoe plays... Um, like a cheap little motel manager in Orlando, Florida. He really is that motel manager slash maintenance guy that we've all seen that when we call the front desk and say, Hey, the AC is not working or the microwave really isn't cooking the popcorn the way it should. Or he comes up and goes to your room and he's just like, rough around the edges like he played that role so well that i feel like if i were to go to orlando right now i would bump into him at one of these motels oh that's God. how good the performance was what about you pat um i'm gonna go with um sam rockwell and i'm going to go with uh christopher Plummer. he's the one who took uh and they gave him that they said it was that good. Dog, he came in last minute. First of all, he, <laughs> yo, but you know, you know that he, he originally did, um, like he auditioned for this role. Uh-huh. They gave it to Kevin Spacey, and then they took it away and gave it back to this guy, and he just came in last minute and killed all right, it. Ba, 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 killed did it, and then it? went home. Did he kill it? That's what everyone's saying. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the movie, so I can't. Wow. Can't you know what? Just for doing that two week, uh, <laughs> that two week movie that he just did, uh, I'm gonna give it to him. Unbelievable! Wow! Yeah, I'm gonna give it. He's gonna be my honorable mention just for. Uh, I mean, his support of the movement. Basically, did he get paid to to do that too, or did he was like, no, you don't gotta pay me. Uh, oh, I'll, he got paid. You think so? Yeah. If that was you. If you were um, Mark Wahlberg, let's just say off the, you know, off this thing right for a quick second. If this move was going on, you were Mark Wahlberg. They said, yo, we got to do some reshoots. 
everybody else already signed on. You don't know if you don't know what their negotiation is. You don't know what what's going on with them, but they want you to sign on. Would you do it for free just because of the movement, or would you be like, well, you're gonna have to pay me? Because you know I've asked this pe- from people, and even women have said, yeah, oh yeah, you're gonna have to pay me. I think well, I think there's more variable factors because if I was going to commit to another film and I had to pause to reshoot this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to compensate me for that time that I'm losing on the other movie because maybe the other movie's not going to be paying me since I'm not working. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yo, to be honest, even if I wasn't doing nothing for two weeks, yeah, you're going to pay me. But at the same time, this is coming from two guys that work regular jobs. Uh-huh. This is a guy who has millions of dollars, like... You get what I mean? Like, there's other a things million, that factor what's in. What's a million dollars? What's a million dollars to him? That's like giving us 50 cents or something like that. I understand that. So, yeah, I don't. You're right. If it is just like giving me 50 cents, I wouldn't take the 50 cents. Yeah, because you know what? You're right. If thinking about it like that, saying like, if I have, if I have like millions of dollars now, in the bank. The question is, if you knew that the actress was. We're doing getting that? paid for a couple hundred dollars. But I'm still in the situation and that I'm broke as I am right now? No, 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 no. Oh. You're Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg rich, okay. And you know that she's going to get paid that much. Would you accept the money? No. No, right? No, I wouldn't. So the question is, one, did he know? Two, did he really feel that bad that he donated the money? Or did he donate the money because there was two weeks of backlash that everyone... Oh, I think that's what happened. I think he donated the money so because they, of the backlash. to save face. It wasn't because he felt bad. He doesn't. He didn't want to go through the drag. He didn't want to go through the drag because you know his history is just as bad as his brothers, and he didn't want to go through the fucking drag. So he was like, "Yo, let me just donate all this money." Dude, he already like he went to jail for like racism. Yeah, and, and now blinding to, a person, and like now to get tagged for like sexism and being like that the problem of the whole. To be honest, man, it right. seems like every actor from Boston has a problem with uh, racism, possibly sexism as well. I'm not saying the whole uh, the whole Mark Walt the Wahlberg clan, but maybe the Affleck definitely. We can say that the Affleck, because so far both of them have uh, they don't they don't know how to control their uh, their, their ligaments, <laughs> like to just grab things and touch things. They got a problem with that. Mm. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's it's cool to know that Donald Trump got in the office and some of these swamps are getting cleaned. You know what I mean? Maybe not uh the government, but uh <laughs> Hollywood swamp is getting clean, right? Well, but it's because of Trump. It has nothing, to, it has do nothing Trump, to do with Trump. But we could say that he was telling the truth. Did he not foretell that the, the swamp was going to get he clean? He said he was going to clean the swamp. I don't know if he cleaned the swamp. Well, I mean, we give it out to the way, to the women for cleaning up this swamp. I mean, if you think about what he's done in the past, he is the swamp. He is. I mean, even so the he things that he's doing, now, he has to clean. Nah, he, he can't. Clean he can't, he can't. Shit can't clean shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, best supporting actress. Okay, we got Mary J. Blige for Mudbound. Didn't see it. Uh, we have Allison Janney uh, for I Tanya. Didn't see that. Leslie Manville for Phantom Thread. Didn't Laurie see that. Metcalf for Lady Bird. Didn't see that. Octavia Span- uh, Spencer for The Shape of Oh, Life. clean slate. Didn't see any of these fucking movies. Didn't see any of them. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> uh, 
For best actress, I'm actually going to go with Alice and Jenny for uh, I, Tanya. Wait, was there no supporting actress in Three Billboards? Because I remember seeing... No. Oh, no. Nah, yeah, man, it was her and a whole bunch of men. She had a friend who yeah. ended up going to jail, but like, yo, her friend had like 30 <laughs> seconds of screen time. She was in like one scene. Oh, okay. Okay, we'll give her that. So um, people have been voted in there for less. This dude was shooting for two weeks, and he's got he got nominated. Uh, yeah, but probably? the movie is about him, though. Oh, you're right. Like <laughs> the you're movie right. is actually about him. <laughs> you're right. Okay. Like this, the lady in uh, Three Billboards, like she was just a friend, and oh hey, you're okay, and like that was it. Like that was the only line. She lines. Had. Hey, what kind of clip is everything they show okay? For her? Oh, you're still looking for your daughter? Like it's you know. <laughs> Yeah, you tried. <laughs> How are those billboards? <laughs> like it was. Like, How are those billboards? It'll be funny. If, like she actually read the title. Like, how are those three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri? <laughs> and credits. <laughs> oh um, my god! My pick. Um, I definitely got to go with Allison for I Tanya. I mm-hmm. think she is the most hilarious, meanest, cruelest, most evil mom we've ever seen in a film. Um, she really is. Like wait a minute, something got snubbed this crazy. Year. Um, what happened to the disaster artist? Wasn't that like Buzz? Then they had some. There buzz? was there was Buzz, but people I think realized like, nah, he's a he's a sleazeball. He's a. But do you think he should have been nominated for best actor? I don't think so. Why not? <laughs> Why not? I mean, he he played he played that guy like he. So you think he was up like to part with Denzel Washington, Ooh. Daniel Day Lewis? Uh, I don't know, but he did. Did he not play? You cannot knock him for being that guy. He he turned into that guy, did he not? He did. He did. You can't. I, mean, I don't. He, to me, it was like it was a fun movie. It was a it was a good performance, but then I kind of like forgot about it. I was like, I totally forgot about it until I realized that it's not even here as a director or anything. Well, it's a adapt uh, screenplay, dude. I seriously believe that being nominated for screenplay is like your intro to to like Hollywood kind of thing, because um, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. They won their first Oscar by winning a screenplay. I think that's your intro. That's when it's it's like one of those like, okay, you're nominated. We're going to keep an eye out for you, but um, you got to start doing some more shit. I think like I think there's like all the technical awards at the Oscars, which Uh don't mean a lot. Maybe like best visual effects, cinematography. Mm -hmm. But if you want to become a star, yes, the start the starting line is screenplay. Yeah. Then supporting actor, mm-hmm. then actor, you know, like it goes up from there. Yeah. Like that's like the the first tier that you had to pass. Uh so I was saying Allison for I Tanya cuz she was evil, pure evil, but great. And because I recently saw Phantom Thread, I definitely got to go for Leslie Manville. She is probably the coolest most badass assistant to a fashion designer I've ever seen in my life. What about right. you, Pat? Uh, you haven't seen any of these movies, so you're just going to go movies. random? Yeah, I'm going to go random. I've mostly gone random on this whole thing because most of the movies I don't remember. Like, Three Billboards is cool, but, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Lady Bird. I'm going to go with that. 
Uh, I'm gonna go with um, Shape of Water because uh, Del Toro directed it. So I'm gonna go with this uh, Octavia Spencer. She has a TV show and it's called Claws or something like that. And I liked her in. Um, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for her to win supporting actress because uh, I liked her in Reno 911. And I've never seen the show Claws. Hello, I never seen the a hey, I never seen the the show Claws before, but. Wait, who was in Reno 911? Octavia Spencer. She was? Yeah, she was she was the police officer in uh, Reno 911. She was not. That was not Octavia Spencer. Uh-oh, did I just get my black ladies wrong? Yeah, you did. That was a completely different person. Give me a second. Let me uh <laughs> please stand by. Please stand the fuck by. Are you going to play the It's Always Sunny song? Yeah, we got <laughs> Give me a second, everybody, while I uh, figure out what the fuck is going on. You guys can just listen to this little humdiggy. And we're back. Yes. (laughs) Wrong person. She already got an Oscar. I don't even know who I was talking about. Let me see who Reno now won. I didn't know. Shit, man. I'm over here trying to backpedal like I'm a fucking politician right now. <laughs> oh, my God. You're Let Jeff Sessions see. right now. Yep. Um, I don't recall. Oh, uh, Nisi Nash. Dude, completely different person. Yes. They even talk different. Yes. Everything, everything about different. them is different. Everything. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. I could have sworn that when I saw the trailer, I saw her in it. I could have sworn that I saw her in it. But you know what? I never saw the movie. I only go off that trailer for that movie. And none of those movies I saw. So that is my uh, excuse slash reason. Right. And moving I on. I should have just missed that category. I yeah. should have just missed it. I was going to suggest it too <laughs> since you didn't see any of them. Oh, jeez. Uh. <laughs> All right. Moving on to Best Director. Uh-oh. We got Christopher Nolan mm-hmm. in Dunkirk. Jordan Peele in Get Out. Uh, Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird, Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom Threat, and Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. Who do you think should get Best Director? Uh, I'm going with Christopher Nolan. Um, I think is I'm going for him just based off of his past work. And I don't want to go on a rant, but I think Hollywood should, I think Oscars or the Academy should start recognizing like these like superhero movies and these movies that are like comedies and all these other genres as not just oh they're just like fads or they're just like in the moment or something like movies i think these movies they stand the test of times like people are still talking about the dark knight comparing that to like i guarantee it from uh from from here on out anybody who makes like a superhero movie or like a batman movie will be compared to what Christopher Nolan has done to the Dark Knight. Anything other than like, I don't know. It just, to me, there are some movies that are out there that were comedies that were really good. Um, even, well, uh, what's the name of that movie that was written by Kristen Wiig? W- Wife Crazy. No, not Wife Crazy. Bridesmaid? Bridesmaid. That movie. That movie should have got nominated for Best Picture, but I could see how it wouldn't have because, you know, it was just, it was a comedy. It wasn't like a drama or anything like that. And I'm going with uh, Christopher Nolan, and I'm going with Jordan Peele for uh, 
get out. And I got a question for the audience. How many people have mixed up Jordan Peele with uh, Keegan when they say, oh, which one is Keegan and which one is Peele? How many people have done that? Just, I, I thought I've, I've always I've, been confident because Jordan Peele is actually, out of the two, I actually always liked him more. Mm-hmm. So I never really confused him. Like, I know oh, exactly who I like out of the two. People confuse that thing all the time. Says, or oh, Jordan, uh, Jordan is the the ball headed one, the tall one. I say, really? That's the tall one? Okay. And Pills the other one. Okay. Okay. All right. I got you. Thank you. <laughs> that, that shit happens all the time, especially before this movie came out. Because people, are like, man, I love Keenan Pill, man. I love that show, man. I love that show. And uh, I think people are finally starting to uh, figure out which one they are. But. Um, Keep your heads up for this guy because uh, he has a lot of good things that are lined up. Yeah. He has a good a lot of good things lined up. Go ahead. Go with uh, Best director. I obviously had to go with Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk. He made a war movie um, that was so different from typical war movies. This movie was not focused on dialogue. This movie was more focused on the emotion of war. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that sometimes it's not about winning the war. It's about surviving the war, which you know, can also count as, as a victory. Um, and he did things in this movie that I think we haven't felt or seen before. So the cinematography, beautiful. Um, the performances were all strong from each of the actors and, uh, the soundtrack definitely needs to, you know, there's definitely, um, some real important things about this soundtrack that made, that added more elements to the movie that made it special. Um, moving on. Oh, wait, Dunkirk would be my best pick. Uh, for honorable mention, I would give it to Lady Bird Greta Gerwig because this was her directorial debut and she already got nominated. So, damn, you know, has that ever happened? Like your directorial debut, you win an Oscar. People probably got nominated on their directorial debut, but. To actually win an Oscar on your directorial debut? Yeah, that's pretty big. Uh, animated feature. I I don't even think I should read the nominations. I've never but. seen Boss Baby, Breadwinner, uh, Coco, Ferdinand, Loving Vincent, uh, or Welchman. I, I would oh, have, that's, that's Welchman not, is the, the actual name of uh, what's called Hugh people. Welchman. Yeah. Um, I had to give it to to Coco. I Have told Pat this is a, you know, this was like Pixar's return. Like, all right, we're gonna stop making sequels for a bit and actually make something original. So I'm glad. I'm glad they did because it was uh, successful. Um, animated short. I got no comment for that. Adapted screenplay. This is an interesting category. We got. Uh, Two white guys in shorts from James Ivory, mm-hmm. the disaster artist. Oh, there he goes. Uh, Logan, Molly's game, and Mudbound. Mm-hmm. Adapted screenplay. Uh, I'm gonna go with Molly's game. Huh. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the same thing. And then for my honorable mention, uh, I'm gonna go with Logan as my honorable mention. Um, because for a um, for for as like the X Men series in a whole, that is the best one to come out of uh, what's it, Fox. Yeah, that's the best movie to come out of Fox. 
rather than uh, Deadpool. This one was the best one. Like like screen wise, screenplay wise, everything. It was a. Uh, it felt like a real drama. Yeah. Felt like a real drama, um, and it was pretty cool. It was a. It's a way of getting away from all those trashy X Men movies. I didn't need to see all the special effects. This movie was real. Uh, it was real good. I'm I'm for my honorable mention. I'm just gonna like half ass say Disaster Artist. Hmm. Uh, original screenplay, Big Sick, which saw that I didn't. I only saw like five minutes of it. I didn't really see it. Uh, Get Out, Lady Bird. You didn't like Big Sick. I was watching it on the flight to Paris, mm-hmm. and I was like so cramped and uncomfortable, and it was such a long flight, and there were so many distractions with like babies crying and stuff. I couldn't mm-hmm. focus on the movie, so I was like, I'm just gonna watch old movies just to keep my brain entertained. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't focus on that movie. So I only saw five minutes, and then I took it off, oh. and then I watched Home Alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's the Big Sick, Get Out, Lady Bird, Shape of Water, Three Billboards. Screenplay, I'm going to definitely give it to... I'm actually going to give it to Lady Bird. I think that was a really good screenplay. And then... Oh, hell, the director wrote it too? Wrote the original screenplay? Yeah. And uh, for honorable mention, three billboards. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Get Out, and I'm going to go with... Oh, shit. This is tough. Is it three billboards or you know what? I'm gonna go with the big sick. I enjoyed that movie. I enjoyed their what you call it? Their, their uh, oh, this is how we uh, actually met in real life kind of thing. Was, oh, okay, that's sweet. Hey, eh, sweet. <laughs> Thought it was like pretty cool that like he told the story of how he met his uh, his wife or his girlfriend or something. Uh, next up is a personal favorite category of mine, cinematography. This can make or break a movie. Uh, for example, Molly's Game could have been a great movie, but I hated the cinematography, so it kind of uh, ruined my uh, my. It seemed like it was trying to go feel. for the same cinematography that was in uh, uh, what's the name, The Social Network. No, you don't think so, dude. The Social the city, Network. No, no, but the city scenes, the city scenes. You didn't, you didn't get that kind of feel. You didn't get the color. Dude, they got everything the complete opposite. The Social Network had beautiful cinematography. It did have beautiful. I think this movie was trying to attempt that. It was trying to attempt that. Dude, it was so like, so a lot of the shots of the Social Network had natural lighting. Mm -hmm. Like the scenes where they're in the dorms, they actually use like whatever light was in the room. They didn't use any artificial lighting at all. Molly's Game was like all artificial lighting. Like some of the shots were so overly lit that... There was no foreground, middle ground, background. Like it just looked flat, one dimensional. It was mm. like it was just too bland. Uh, for cinematography, the nominees are Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Darkest Hour, wow. Dunkirk, Mudbound. Totally forgot about that movie. The Shape of Water. <laughs> uh, Blade Runner has some nice cinematography. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with Blade Runner. Yeah, I really like that movie. Um, some people say it was a it was too long, but the reason why it was too long was because of the cinematography, and they put a lot of uh, time and effort into it. You know who told me that they were chasing uh, storms? Was that this movie that they were chasing storms? Probably the tell in the storms for like a whole year. Like the cinematographers will like go to uh, a remote location and say, "Oh, we have like 
15 minutes until this storm uh, clears up. So we have to go to the tail end of it and they would just catch the storm at the tail end of it just so they can get like, uh, like, look, Oh, it was, it was uh Martin who told me that shit. And I was like, damn, that is fucking dope. I would love to do that for a whole year. You're just traveling from country to country, just chasing storms so you can catch the tail end or the beginning of a storm just so you can get that look that you want on uh, on film. That is not film. They were using digital. But, uh, I mean, we're at the point that film, I mean, digital is good as film, right? Aren't we? I mean, some people like to be nostalgic. Christopher Nolan He would will like never... He's one person. Oh no, he's like how many people are like that in in film? Like two, three people. Steven Spielberg still shoots on film. I mean, these are big names. We we can't afford Martin Scorsese kind of, switched over to digital. Yeah, but we can't we can't afford that kind of luxury. Yeah, and on top of that, um, digital is more forgiving, man. It's more forgiving, like. You you can't like if you fuck up on digital, it's always like okay, I can just go back to the original. Just erase it. Yeah, it I can go back to the original, can't but do film, film. It's like, like yo, know, we got this <laughs> much film left. Don't fuck yo, up. You you sure? <laughs> Are you sure this is what you want? All right. <laughs> Christopher Nolan, when he was making um, the movie following his first 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 film, mm-hmm. um, he bought he was buying the film on his budget, like his personal money. Ooh. So he would rehearse a scene like 10 times before actually recording it mm-hmm. so that they would just get the shot in one, like one shot. Ooh. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause you gotta go what you got, man. Go what you got. You can't, there's no re so cinematography. Yeah, I agree. Blade runner. But what about your honorable mention? My honorable mention. Um, I'm gonna go with Dunkirk. Yeah, me too. They did some crazy stuff with those yeah. IMAX cameras. You said they were using like actual planes, the they, actual planes? They were using actual war planes from that era, and they actually strapped these heavy-ass uh, IMAX cameras into the plane and had to like rig it somehow to make the camera fit. And then I found out, I watched a recent interview with the cinematographer, one of the planes actually crashed and went into the water with the camera, and the water, the camera went all the way down to the bottom of the ocean. They actually went to recover the camera and tried to recover the film and mm-hmm. like dipped the film in like fresh water to like soak off the salt yeah. and it made it and it's in the film. And he, uh, the cinematographer says that the salt water actually made some of those shots look even more beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's good. I like hearing stories like that. <laughs> like, did we get the shot though? <laughs> yeah, it's good. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Take him to the hospital. It'll be all right. <laughs> all right. Best documentary feature. Um, I'm gonna, I, I don't know. I to, what about film editing? Okay, let's go there. Uh, we got <laughs> Baby Driver. Oh, wow. Dunkirk, I, Tanya, The Shape of Water, or Three Billboards. Okay. Um, hmm. I'm going to go with uh, Baby Driver. I'm gonna go with Baby Driver. Yeah. Um, as my honorable mention, I'm gonna go with Dunkirk. Okay. Cause three billboards was just I think it was edited uh it's like a normal edit. I don't even know why they made the list, but I think it was one of those just throw it in there just so we can make it even uh we can make it an even five. Uh for mine I'm gonna go with Dunkirk first, cause um the fact that they 
they edit it out of sequence. Mm-hmm. Like you're watching the movie and then all of a sudden the movie just goes back in time seamlessly and you had mm-hmm. no idea that it, that it did that. And it keeps going back and forth. It jumps back and forth, you know, without you even noticing. Yeah. And then I would probably have to go with I, Tanya because I, Tanya had like some really funny moments where like there's like freeze frames and mm. things like that. Uh, Sound editing. Baby Driver got nominated again. Star Blade Wars. Runner. Star Wars, Shape of Water, and Dunkirk. Uh, you know what? Here's the thing about Blade Runner. At certain times, that movie got really fucking loud. Yeah. It got really fucking loud. I remember watching the movie theater. I'm like, yo, this is extremely too goddamn loud. And Christopher Nolan does that in his movies, too. In Interstellar, there was times that it was, like, obnoxiously too loud. Like, it was, like... And it was just the music that it was like piercing. Like, yo, what what am I supposed to be focusing on? The visuals or the music? And the music just like took over. Like it was a lot. Uh, Blade Runner did that a lot. Dunkirk didn't do that much. There was it was like that. Uh, they had that ticking. That was pretty cool. But then it was like some music. But it was nothing that uh, took away from the visuals. Uh, Star Wars. Hmm. One interesting thing about the music in Dunkirk was with the ticking sound, he also used uh, a pattern of music. I forgot what it was called. Um, it's named after the person that actually created the style, but it's a sound that goes like, mm, like it, it's constantly climbing, but it never reaches the end. And he hmm. did that for a reason where you're constantly building tension, but you just don't know when it's going to pop. Like oh, it's okay. You know, so it just like keeps that. going, and it just keeps going and going and going and going. Just keeps on climbing, but yeah. there's no what you call it. Okay, I like that. I'm gonna go with uh, Baby Driver because the sound editing with the whole like you're going off of uh, this guy. He has that constant humming in his ear. I thought they were gonna use that in the movie more. They didn't use that. They only used it when uh, his when he took off the the headphones once, and you hear the humming. But it was pretty cool when that did happen. And uh, the way they edited with the sound was amazing. With the music and everything. That was fucking cool. With the guns that they were shooting and stuff. Yeah, that was awesome. Let's go down to uh, visual effects. Okay. We got Blade Runner 2049, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Kong Skull Island, Star Wars The Last Jedi. That movie came out too. And War for the Planet of the Apes. Oh. Forgot that came out. War for the Planet of the Apes was an upset because it wasn't a war. It was just uh, they were just hanging out, and there w- there wasn't a war really. Um, I am gonna go with visual effects. I really want to say Guardians of the Galaxy, but Kong was pretty good too with visual effects. Blade Runner was just as good. You know what? I'm gonna go with uh. I'm going to go with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. And what's your honorable mention? Honorable mention is going to be Kong. Okay. Visual effects. uh, I would have to give to Blade Runner for that one special effect shot at the end of the movie where they recreate uh, the actress from the original. Oh, yeah. That was way better than the Star Wars uh, Rogue One with uh, Princess Leia. I was way better than that one. 
and then yeah i think i would my honorable mention would be star wars <laughs> all right and i think that's pretty much it everything else is oh we can go original score or yeah original score dunkirk fan. you know what no no <laughs> yeah that's it for the for the list i mean pretty much uh this Oscar's going to be jam-packed. I don't even think they've announced who's going to be the entertainers in between. Um, I hope they I hope they throw in Will Ferrell in there. I'm not sure if you saw this week's episode of uh, SNL. But, I didn't uh, see the whole thing. You didn't see the whole thing? He killed it. <laughs> he fucking killed it. There was uh, there was one that he was... Um, uh, he was in a diner, and everybody was... They were trying to talk about uh, Aziz I'm Sorry's case, and everybody was like... Ooh, Cause it's you know if she they watch it easy easy everybody would just like touchy touchy because they want to talk about it but it's like you don't want to offend kind of thing so that was the environment of that whole episode so of that whole uh scene and that was pretty funny he killed it man but I mean he's been on SNL before so he's uh, he's natural I think that's been our episode ladies and gentlemen I've been Pat. And this was Kev. And we shall see y'all at the Tell Slate. And yes, that has been our episode, everybody. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, Hope you got your information and hope you had got your entertainment from that episode um what do we have to talk about at the tell sleep well the song that you're listening to oh yeah is uh <laughs> the house of woodcock from the film phantom thread this is basically like uh his theme song daniel day lewis's theme really song. well it's supposed to be 1950s i guess this is uh this is what flies in the 1950s is it really good is it really that good I enjoyed it. <laughs> I gotta give it. A, I gotta. I just gotta give it a shot. See what's up with it. See if it's worth the hoopla. But um, uh, some news. Uh, found out. I found out that uh, Monique, possibly, uh, she was lying about the five hundred thousand. They're saying that it could have been three million or five million. Um. Just to perform in front of uh, the Netflix, uh, what you call it, like big wigs and shit, which I see where the, what she's talking about with the whole thing about she shouldn't have to perform in front of the big wigs because, you know, she's, uh, she's seasoned or anything like that. But with that said, nobody's seen you do anything in a while, so... Why would you pop out? Cause I haven't I haven't heard or seen anything from Monique in like years, and to me it was like one of those. Mm, I don't know why you why you complained about five hundred thousand, but the fact that they gave it three million to five million, I thought that was pretty good. That was pretty generous for somebody who I haven't seen or heard from in like a couple of years, and. Um, I don't know, man. What you think? What you think? <laughs> I got nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm tired. 
Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been in like a couple of uh, arguments online based off of this whole Monique oh, thing. No, and it's it's pretty much not even they're not even uh, it seems like they're they're it's Monique. No, they're fighting over. Why? Why? No, is the this people relevant? who are fighting for her are not fighting over for her. Because every time I said, do you even find her funny? Do you even watch her stuff? It says, no, I, I don't find her funny. I don't watch her stuff. But I have seen, you know, black women and stuff like that uh, who, who have been doing it. I'm like, yeah. I say, I totally agree with you on that. I said, but I'm not arguing with, I'm not arguing with you over that. I'm arguing with you over the Monique thing. If you look in my past comments, I'm saying that, yeah. I agree with you. I agree with everything she's saying about the whole thing about the black women thing. But when it comes down to Monique saying it, nah. <laughs> you know, with this music playing in the background, it sounds like you're having a monologue in your head uh-huh. as you're writing a letter. <laughs> and this is like the scene and this this is the music that's Yo, playing in the background. That's how it feels sometimes, man, because I go into arguments not trying to win. I just go into arguments just trying to convey my point. And if you don't get it, you don't get it. If you do, I'm like, hey, so you see where I'm coming from. And then that's when the person said, yeah, I see where you're coming from. But they still say shit to me. And I'm like, they, it's like I'm saying, you know, I'm just saying that two plus two equals four. Say, I understand that. But did you carry the two? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, you're not understanding what I'm, what I'm talking about. And that shit has been happening a lot. I mean, to the point that they're saying that um, I'm self-hating. Like I, I hate uh, African Americans, and I've told people this uh, a lot of times. I'm, like, um, I'm not African American. I'm Haitian American. Because <laughs> uh, I can't. It was, I'm one more stop over. Like my my folks were dropped off in Haiti. Oh, Haiti, then Bahamas, and then they came over here to America. So as far as I know, like. I'm, I'm Haitian American, but you know, I do still feel the 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 you know the black problems. I feel everything because you know I am black. I feel everything, but nah, that's no problem. They want me. To, uh, apparently, I need to start. Uh, I I hate myself, so I need to start reading some liter- literature. You know, some books about flat earths and shit like that. So. Apparently that's what I need to do. What direction did this go? In? I don't know, man. These are the arguments that I'm in online, dude. Like I've been looking at my phone, and some of these arguments are still going, and I haven't replied in like four or five days, and they're still talking to me saying, "You ain't gonna say nothing because you know I'm right." And I'm like, "That's they trying to egg me on. They trying to egg me on." But you know what? This music right here. This music conveys everything that I got to say. You got anything to say, Kevin? Anything to say to these people? No, nah, I'm good. I'm not gonna waste my time. So we're gonna play them out with this song right here. <laughs> <laughs> 